Hey guys, and welcome to episode 257 of the Startup Diary. I'm Harrison Mudge, and I'm with my lovely co-host, Adam Callow. I, I find it fascinating how you do the intros, because it feels like you're getting a little bit slower with them and a little bit more, more deliberate. deliberate. That, wow, we're on the same page. Do you know what I thought is that... Let me... When I can't work it out. Sorry, mate, it's the headphones that blocks it out. Um, what I realize is that when either one of us intros the show, we don't say our own names. Wow. Do you know what we don't do as well? <laughs> we don't let people know what the show's about. So, guys, if you're actually new to the Startup Diary, the goal of this podcast is super simple. I've been building the business for five years, used to have a day job as an area sales manager. It went from just me doing consulting for two and a half years is now a team of 10 will be 13 by the end of January. And what we're trying to do is share the experiences that we're going through, hopefully give you some advice because we make mistakes all the time. And then throughout this, we're going to be highlighting people within the community or bring guests onto the show Mm -hmm. that can add value to those people that are in a day job right now that want to escape it and start their own thing. Or they're sort of a little bit behind us on the journey. So the one to three to five person company and then thinking about funding, product market fit, getting traction. We're really trying to help those people with this show. And on that note, if you do have a question that comes up and you are an entrepreneur and you want some advice, all you have to do is bring it into questions at startupdiary.club. That is questions at startupdiary.club. Me and Harry will try and answer it on the show. And if we can't answer it, because we're not, we're not great at lots of things, we're just good at a couple of things, we'll bring someone onto the show or ask some advice from someone in our network to get that answered for you. Alternatively, head over to the Anchor Podcast, send us a voice message in there. Super simple. Harry, what are we talking about on today's show? Today's show, Adam, thanks for bringing it back around, is we're talking about communities, the pros and the cons. Now, at Expert Trades, we see ourselves as a community of trades professionals, Mm -hmm. not just a company that has customers that are trades professionals. And with that there are some good and some bad, Main, mainly good. Yep. Um, like the fact that we know our customers on a first name basis. We know them like, well, they are friends of ours now, which is an amazing thing. Um, but because of that, sometimes that changes the conversations when it comes to dealing with them as customers mm-hmm. uh, from a business point of view. Um, so conversations can be harder. Sometimes it can be easier. Um, so I kind of wanted to speak about that kind of dynamic that okay, we've cool. created with our customer base community. Because we, I think we've even put it on Instagram before. Um, I think it was a picture from the Christmas party. Yep. And it was um, community, not customers, something yep. like that. Um, uh, that was, I think that was actually from Tough Mudder. Okay. We did the Tough Mudder and then, I'll have a quick browse in a second, but I think it was a Tough Mudder one which shows that uh, we actually did, we do events outside of work with our community. Yeah. In terms of value for the listeners, where do you want to take, in terms of the, the benefits of building community, but the fact it is like a double-edged sword? Yeah, like I the- think because you're a very strong advocate of building a community, not just getting customers and very, being transactional. Like, it's so, because it's- the value that that brings to you as a business is huge, but obviously it's something that probably isn't discussed is the hard conversations that sometimes yeah, need the to downsides. be had. Yeah. So I think it's that's so topical a- right now. And we just recorded the episode about the expert trades handbook slash playbook. <laughs> and it, like, the reason we'll it's now that, the playbook. Go back, go back and listen to that episode. <laughs> that probably went on the mics last Friday. Um, 
And off the back of that, uh, we're in the process of structuring the client side of the business that mm-hmm. we do. And I was really trying to work out what we are best in class at. Like what are we actually best in the world at? Because there's loads of agencies out there. There's loads of marketing agencies, digital, SEO, website, dev, whatever. Mm. And when you really get down to the nuts and bolts of what we do better than anyone else is we understand what the trade is thinking, what they're buying, how they're operating. And we translate that into creative that tells a great story to then have an impact. Mm. And the root of everything that we do is we build community around brands. If you look at what we've done for like Monument, like the reason that brands come to us now isn't because, oh guys, can we please send a solace email out to 10,000 of your users? No one does that. Mm. They come to us and say, we've got this cool thing. Can you help us market it? And we go, we can, but we need to get it in the hands of our community first so they can tell us what they like and dislike about it. And then we can go ahead and do the creative around it. No other marketing agency has that asset. And it's an asset to the business that we've we've built over time. So super topical right now. And you jump in and butt in whenever you want to. But I guess where my head's at around this is you said something about community over customers. The way that I think about our business is very simple. We're on a mission to build the UK's largest community of trade professionals in the UK and make their lives easier. So when you have that approach, before you actually go and build any product, you have to understand what they're actually struggling with. I didn't come to the market and say, actually, I want to do X, Y, and Z. I did and actually failed. Do the free directory, blah, 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 failed for two years. Mm -hmm. The thing that we've done in the last three years predominantly is we've been very open, very transparent, and we've created a hub for trades professionals. And we've basically been the facilitator of that. So... One way we do that is within our app, tool talk, review, mm-hmm. share experiences. Predominantly, we do that through a, an online Facebook group and live events. What that does is it creates an amazing interaction between us and our members and members w- with themselves. And if I think about it strategically as a business, it's because we've spent three years doing that. The value of a handshake is really impossible to measure. And I was literally in a meeting, not last week, the week before, and someone was asking me, well, we could replicate what you guys do. So what's your secret source? I went, good luck. I said, you could put six developers in a room for six months, pay them a fortune, get high-end devs, and do exactly our website platform. You could do exactly our office pack package. You could mm-hmm. probably make it even better than we can. But the thing is that you can't do is go and build the relationships with the trade and get them to use your products and services. Because that's the hard thing. So what we did is we took a strategy, which was actually, let's just show our community that we're in it for them. And if you look through the playbook slash handbook, whatever we title it as, <laughs> it's we only win if our community win. Mm. So we went out and we tried to just add value as much as possible. And what that does as a business owner is it creates like this moat around the business. Is It's very, very hard for someone to replicate and steal that eat our lunch because we built the relationships first, which is really hard to do. So we did that. And I guess the thing you wanted to dig into is the pros of it are... Fast communication, honest feedback, and they have this like, uh, I, I always do it in the same way, but I can't get it across in the mics. Like they have that, uh, I'm, one, I'm, I'm in the community. Like what, some people refer to it as like a cult because they just love what's... Strong word. No, no, literally, like the, put it this way, the guy that sent me those mugs. So one of our members off his own back has heard me say, get shit done, mm. that quote, and he's got verified by expert trades on a mug and on the back of it, get shit done. He bought six off his own back and sent it in. And like, that isn't normal. Customers don't mm. do that. 
customers don't do that because customers are transactional. Like, give me a product, I give you money, we have that relationship. Like, we have built a community which is more emotional. We're tapping into something, we're helping these guys build their business. We are very open and transparent, we're not perfect, but we're trying to do the right thing. And what that allows you to do is have imperfections. You can be imperfect and still build a big business because they understand you are doing your best to drive the right thing. Don't get me wrong, there's a there's a balance and if it tips, I love what you guys do, but you're fucking impacting my livelihood, mm. the whole thing falls apart. But you having a community and those relationships allows you to have imperfections. It's like a friendship, simple. Your best mate might let you down, but you don't, you then don't go delete Facebook, delete him off Instagram, delete his phone number. I mean, gone. some people do, but... You're on a fucking fine line. <laughs> but because you built that relationship up, mm. it's it gives you permission to be imperfect. Uh, but that, I'm hesitant to say it like that because what I don't want people to think is you can take the piss. You can't. You still need to deliver as much value as possible. No, I think I think that brings it round to the uh, the more challenging scenarios that it creates is that when like a community or people that know you that you've built a relationship with are willing to give you some leeway on mistakes and or errors or, or whatever it is. but And also but, praise you openly when things are very good. What you do with the community, and I know you're going to get into it, but what you do with the community most importantly is you create a platform where you don't control the conversation. That's what you do when you do a community because then it's not a one-to-one, it's a one-to-many. Like when you build a community, you give your community members permission to openly criticize and praise what you do hmm. and like i think we're going to get into there are pros and cons for both yeah I've, I've sort of tapped into the pros the flips the flip side of that is that when something does go wrong um to to the point that it is a big deal uh there's almost a I don't want to say a sense of entitlement, but because because they know you and they can speak to you directly or me or whoever, it's it's not just a. They kind of get past that barrier. Whereas if it was if they were just a customer to a company, yep, they would they would know that they just need to go through the process of um, contacting support or sending an email saying, "Hey, I'm having an issue with this thing." Like, and they follow the proper channels, and just and it's just it's still very kind of. Um, corporate facing, just logging onto a website and sending something in. Yep. Whereas, because they know you, they know me. They like, like I'm. They know the person on the other side of the screen or, yep. or on the telephone. It changes the way that conversation goes about, and it's and it makes it harder for us to then give them the not the stock answer, but to give them the same sort of spiel that every company has to, because that's the answer that you give to a customer. Because at that point you are kind of dealing with the customer. Really appreciate you getting in contact. Thanks for making us aware of this right now. We are working on it. Yeah. And it's, Harry, that's, that doesn't fucking help me right now. Yeah. Harry, Harry, get me out of the shit. Harry, what, what do I do? Yeah. Harry, this, ha, ha, there. Like, that's what happens off the back of it because you, you create that. So, so fr- from that point, one thing it is that I've noticed more than anything, and just to be really clear, I, I, I wouldn't change it. We've mm. built our business on the back of having a community of trade professionals that know, like, and trust us. Simple. But when you do that, you can't expect all the upside and none mm. of the downside. In terms of when there are a number of apps in our space, I'm just going to try and get a bit tactical with the with the answer without throwing someone under the bus. There's a number of apps in our space and some of the things that we get criticized for, we know internally are affecting literally 
one, 2% of users. Mm. Literally one, 2% of users. And in a normal organization, it would be a one-to-one relationship like the other apps in our place. One-to-one, let's get it fixed for you. And it's a closed conversation, not taking place anywhere else. And it's sort of risk management. Like you, you're not exploited at that point. This guy's got a problem, but you can deal with it one-to-one. Mm. Because we've got an open community and whether you do, whether you sell an app, whether you sell a product, whether you sell a service, if you create one space for your customers to talk to each other, if you've got a community like we do of 4,000 trade professionals in Facebook group, if one of those customers is having a terrible experience mm. because he's, and it might be he's using an iPhone that's seven years old and it won't run the app properly, or it might be our fault and there's a sync issue that is very unique to his device, his eye, whatever the very specific details mm. are. If that one person is having a terrible experience, I don't mean customer service wise, I just mean in the app, he's going to go into a Facebook group when he gets to the point of like breaking point. He's going to yeah. go in and say, fuck this, can't send an invoice, you're costing me business, blah, blah, blah. And then that has a huge ripple effect into the rest of the community. That's the downside, is regardless of how good you are to 99% of your customers, you do open yourself up to looking like there are more problems than there truly mm-hmm. are because you have that whole squeaky wheel gets the grease mentality of like, couldn't solve it on live, Harry couldn't solve it on live chat with me for the last 30 minutes, into the group, let everyone know about it because we're a community. I want everyone to know about this singular problem that I'm experiencing because they will, and it's not a, that, it's not criticism of them, they will think it's happening to everyone else. Do you know what I'm, you know what I'm trying to get yeah, across? Yeah. It's like they think that, oh, this can't be just me. Everyone else must be experiencing it. How are you guys dealing with it? Are you sorted? Have they resolved it for you? And most people are, I have no idea what you're talking about. But the, the knock-on effect that takes place is we have to like then over-communicate to the rest of the yeah, community yeah. in terms of like, no, this is just the one person. Yeah, it, it just makes a weird conversation. It, like you say, like yeah. if, if a fraction of people are experiencing something bad, like you say, if, that, if, it's, if it's self-contained, then... The prop sometimes there's problems that can get solved and no one knew about it apart from anyone that was affected. But in this scenario, what happens is obviously everyone knows about it, whether they've had an issue or not. And, it's like, and then there's like a, a seed of doubt that's then planted into yep. people's minds that wouldn't have ever existed in the first place. Um, but again, when someone, if someone does raise an issue, you do, we do, and I'm sure other people do as well, is you, get, you do get a large percentage of people saying, don't know what you're talking about. Like, I've never had a problem. There's not an issue. Must just be you. There's, yeah, there's pros and cons to it all. The, the biggest thing that, that I want to address right now for us and something that I'm very aware of, and just to be clear, we're not going to change how we roll out our community, like what we've built. The reason we're here today with the team that we've got is because of the community we've got. But if you imagine, you start off with a core group of users. Okay, let's just say we had a Facebook group of 500 people. And then when we first launched the app and we, we were like very young to it, new, get into the app, feedback, feedback, mm. feedback. Those 500 people have come along the journey with us. So let's just say there's 500 people within the community that are deeply passionate about what we do. And then a year later, the group's a thousand strong. What happens is like just through like osmosis is the, the really strong people in the community sort of educate the new people that have joined in terms of like, this is a really good organization. Mm. Like you can't believe how much they do for us in all areas of the business, da, da, da. What happens over time is as you scale faster, the the osmosis is slower. As in like, you, you might have a thousand people now and then you go from 1,000 to 5,000 in three months time. These new 4,000 people don't have the time to understand the value that we drive. So they come in very transactionally mm-hmm. and that's when that one comment goes in 
when you've just scaled up and you get loads of new users and that one comment goes in, there's not enough, there's not enough relationship. Like there's no cement in that relationship to like build something on top of. They go, oh shit, I'm not using that app because they're only brand new in and they've seen a negative comment from one person. That's the stuff that makes it really, really difficult to try and scale the business while scaling the community. Yeah, and I think, again, that relationship is built with all customers over time. Um, Obviously, as with anything, you'll always get someone that is purely a transactional customer originally or initially. Um, But because we all treat the customers in in the same way where it's website team office team all that with enough time they all do understand and appreciate that we are not just a faceless company that serves you um, a platform um but yeah like you say it's just that it's that osmosis either from the community to new members yep or from us from us to the customer but if Um, you if you type back full circle now this is why literally today last week I think we've got an interview today. We're hiring for a customer success role because what we've experienced is when you are on live chat or in the community supporting them, everything goes from like red alert to, oh, cool, they're working on it. Mm. Like It's literally that. Like when someone's on it and they're responding, but we have an issue as we grow the community and the customers is if you're out filming with a client and some of the team can answer some of the questions, but you're the one with the not like the in-depth yeah. knowledge. So if you're out on another job, they might wait three hours for a reply. And it's that three-hour window that causes the problems when it gets into the community. Because at the end of the day, people, they're not dicks. They just want to know they've been heard and you're working on Mm. it. And the biggest problems take place when there's no reply or like you say, there's that stock reply and we can't really get around that because sometimes you need to look into the app and then speak to Mark and then they speak to the agency. Like there's this whole chain of things that have to happen behind the scenes. But what we're doing right now is hiring for that role because we need someone to literally eight hours a day have their finger on the pulse to know exactly what is happening within our community. Create, And this is why it's not customer service because when they don't have the inbound stuff, they create the outbound positivity. Yeah, yeah they're, they're not literally just sitting on exactly. live chat waiting for someone to come in with an issue. They're proactively um, trying to potentially solve things if it's something that we've just not built correctly or- yeah. Or, or there's no to, knowledge base article yeah. for it. Like, yeah. how do I do this? Oh, I've got seven questions of that. I'll go and create an article mm. and I'll link to it. Like that person is going to be so cool, so hard to hire for it as well. By the way, um, is what I'm what I'm learning right now. Um, but that's but that's why the role's been suffering at the moment because it's been twenty percent of someone's job. Yeah, and I think and this is a good and it might be a nice way to wrap up is if firstly if you if you're not building community around your brand, I think you're missing an opportunity because then it does result in a very transactional model that someone can come in very easily and. and Put you out of business. Well, the the only thing that dictates whether they stay with you or not is price. Then, really, isn't it? Exactly. Price and functionality. Yep. And and on that note is when a new app comes out that does what we do but five times better. What doesn't happen is everyone jumps onto the app. What happens is all one of our customers go, "Have you seen the new app? We really want that fucking feature, Adam. Yeah. How long will it take to get it sorted?" They give us that respect and time. And I, that's how we yeah. built the business, as simple as that. There are loads of web agencies, there are loads of this, but they come to us because we built this reputation and trust and referrals from within the community. So if you, if right now, if you're trying to listen to this, and you're like, well, I haven't got a community, I just sell, I just sell watches. I took my watch off earlier because it keeps banging on the table. I don't, how can I build a community around watches? Super simple. 
create a Facebook group for watch lovers and then start adding content in there about the watch. Start telling your story, get them into a Facebook group. And depending on what your product is, find something that brings your users together. Because if, like, Red, I, <laughs> these should be a sponsor of the show. <laughs> like, right now, I'm holding a can of Red Bull because I just finished it. Harry brought me a coffee or, in. Or you mean a carbonated energy I've drink. I've got a carbonated energy drink and open to sponsorships because I drink a lot of them. Um, Sugar free. <laughs> always. I, like, if someone, if you think, oh, I can't create a group around that energy drink, Think about your, like, I, I can't create a group around plumbers, e.g. Mm. And I go, well, what's the value that I can create? Well, if a plumber in Scotland's having a problem, he might want to ask other plumbers, but he's very isolated. There's a really good value proposition to be in a community there. If you decide that actually we sell energy drinks to entrepreneurs, create a group for entrepreneurs sponsored by energized, carbonated, whatever, da, 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 da. Like find out where you can connect your customers together and drive value for them. Because one, you'll be the platform and you'll have access. You can then listen to conversations and understand what's going on and then you can add value. As you, if you, if you like us and you have a SaaS product and you right now do not have an online community, I would strongly advise you do it, but tread carefully. Because unless you... My fear is that someone now has got like 500 customers or 1,000 customers. They get a Facebook group and they fuck everyone into it and then it just goes to shit. Mm. Like it, it's so hard to do yeah, this how'd well. You, how'd you build, how'd you, how'd you begin a community without it just becoming a place where people sound off with yep. negativity? So if, let's just, let's take, uh, well, it's, there's, it's there's a new fair, SaaS you... product in the market that's got 1,000 customers. What I would be doing is what we've just done find people within our community that have the same values as us and they, they love the community for what it mm. is. So find current loyal advocate customers. If you've got a thousand customers, go find 20, your top 20. Are you on Facebook? Yeah, cool. We're thinking about creating this group and you're one of our super customers. You've been with us for ages and you know with the ins and outs of everything that we do. You've been on live chat, you da 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 You know us. How would you like the product for free? Cool. Would you like to be an admin of my Facebook group? I'm putting 20 admins together and what I'd like you to do is help conversations stay in a positive manner and if someone has a problem, link them to the relevant knowledge base article or just help them just generally. And as a thank you, you get the product for free. Hmm. Like I would start looking at that because you might go, oh shit, 20 customers, they're paying me 10 pounds a month, I'm paying 200 pounds a month for that. Well, guess what? I'm about to pay someone's fucking salary to sit and do the same thing. You got it cheap. Like, don't find a way to go and do that. Get your current advocates to do it and then let them do community management because it will actually come loads better coming from your customers to customers. That's what the community is compared to organization to customers. That's my advice. And if you're new to this, go and still find your initial customers and say, would you four people like to join a Facebook group because we think there's an opportunity to build a community around this business and you guys have been super loyal. I'd like you to run it for me and work out what the value exchange is there. Cool. I think we'll wrap this one up. Uh, guys, if you have a question, you can email it in to questions at startupdiary.club. Or download the Anchor app. I think I covered this at the beginning of the show, actually. We started off with a different way today. I actually plugged the question things. Download the Anchor app, find the Startup Diary, mm. and send us a voice message, whether it's a voice review. And by the way, there's a deal on the table. Go back and listen to Friday's episode. Get to the end, the last five minutes, and listen to the deal that you've been offered. Go and send that voice review. Worth in. thousands. It truly, like, I would, it truly if, is. If you calculate your time for consulting and then... Time, the advertising spot, yeah. it's literally yeah. worth over a thousand quid. 
It's literally worth over a thousand quid. So go and get yourself a thousand pounds, send in that review. Guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Not that we're paying for reviews, by the way. (laughs) Send us a shit review. Like, if you literally have the time and the energy to go download the Anchor app because you don't like this podcast that much. If they don't believe in your capabilities, try me. Challenge. Try me. Get on the mics. We'll have a conversation. I'll pitch your business better than you can. I promise you that. (laughs) Wow. And on that note, guys, <laughs> we will speak to you. Let me out, Mary. Let me out. Time. <laughs>